When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Got a little change of pace for you for episode 24 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. And a lot of little changes uh, this morning going on. We got a new little song, but we are always going to be funky. We're going to stick to our funk roots here. So uh, let us know what you think about the new song. I don't know if it'll replace the, the timeless classic. Um, but, but, you know, I thought it was good, good on a Monday. Get your... Get your blood moving. So I'm here, plot twist, not with Willie Sailor, who is somewhere roaming uh, Virginia Beach, I don't know, doing a dolphin watch perhaps. I'm joined by West Virginia's finest, Kyle Brackey. Kyle, what's up, man? How you doing, Christian? Doing good. Excited to be on. Sweet. Yeah, you came in uh, filling in here, and uh, we're going we're gonna to test our own chemistry here. Um, I'm a Virginian. You're a West Virginian. Some would say that would make us rivals, but I say, no, you are my... We, we are United East Coasters and uh, a part of Virginia. So, um, <clears throat> hey, we were both home this weekend, um, yep. uh, and both of us spent a little time watching uh, uh, some college basketball. And uh, I, I, I sent out a little tweet, and some people were kind of like, uh, you know, about how I was watching it. And I, I feel like wrestling fans kind of put themselves in a position where you feel like we have to – and it's not all – but you, you have to hate other sports, especially basketball. Like, basketball is the enemy. And I was talking with you, and uh, d- did you watch the tournament as well? Yeah, yeah. I watched all weekend uh, from Thursday on. I mean, I fill out a bracket every year. Obviously, I'm a big West Virginia fan. You know, they had a big game with Kentucky. <laughs> um, it didn't turn out so well. What's up with that guy? What, why Why are you poking the bear guaranteeing a win? Oh, hey, he was a freshman. He didn't know what he was doing. He got excited. You know, I— it wasn't the smartest move. Yeah, that's like a, a freshman. You don't say you're gonna beat Logan Steber, okay? Right. You're just you're just gonna get barred up and like your shoulder destroyed. And just as you saw, Calipari kind of ran the score up there, not taking his starters out till like the last minute of the game. Um, but that I mean that's fair for what what was said about them. But yeah, I watched all weekend, um, including sat down and watched all the games last night. I missed some of it on Saturday, but you know caught the ending of. Uh, the Oklahoma and Michigan State game, and then watched both games yesterday, and I, I love it. I fill out a bracket every year and everything, and I I don't understand the need for the hate as well. Yeah, I mean, I for me, you know, where where I grew up, I didn't even know what wrestling was till high school. I never even heard of it. Um, so I've just always been a huge sports fan, and filling out a bracket was something like my family always does, and I'm in a family position. So I feel like, and and I follow a ton of wrestlers on Twitter, not wrestling fans, like wrestlers, like awesome you know high school and college wrestlers and these yeah, guys yeah. all love other sports they love football they love basketball so wrestling fans it's okay it's not a dirty word to say basketball or to watch a little <laughs> basketball i don't like basketball more than wrestling it's not even close but I, right. I mean i like sports i like watching sports college basketball is tough to watch for me because most of them kind of stink and aren't going to be <laughs> nba players i prefer the nba like um but you know i can for Two weekends, I can watch a little college basketball, and it's okay. And it's okay if you want to do the same thing, too. So we're here. We're giving you permission. It's not dirty to like basketball or, or other sports, and it doesn't make you less of a wrestling fan because um, there's nothing in the world uh, I love watching more than wrestling. And, and it, same for all sports. What, you're a big Packers fan, right, Bracky? Yeah, huge Packers fan. Actually, I'm an owner. I, uh, oh, own, really? Yeah, I own some stock in the team. They're the only publicly owned uh, franchise. They were grandfathered in um, because they're owned by the town of Green Bay. And every now and then when they want to raise money to uh, expand the stadium, which they were doing, I think, uh, around two Christmases ago, uh, they wanted to make some expansions on the stadium. And uh, my parents bought me some stock in the team. So I'm actually an owner, and they actually have owner meetings like every summer you can go to. It's pretty cool. All right, so who are you guys going to draft in the first round, I guess, is the next question. Uh, we're gonna go defense. 
going to be a defensive back or a linebacker, but a defense. Offense is obviously pretty set. Defense has been the weak, weak point since our Super Bowl run a few years ago. Nice, nice. So, yeah, okay. We talked a lot. Bracky and I could talk all sports all day, yeah. but um, not without getting back to wrestling. So, uh, we're kind of – we're phasing out of the college season, but I'm just not ready to let go yet. I'm not there. I want to talk more college wrestling because it's uh it's my thing. And freestyle's coming up, and I'm I was just sitting this weekend thinking about how amazing freestyle is gonna be. Oh, yeah. Um, but the U.S. Open's not until May, right? So it's like, yep. all right, we got to we got to bridge this gap, and we got some big stuff coming up. We got Flow Nationals next this week, I guess, and Folk Nationals. So Folk Nationals. We got stuff going on, but uh, I don't want to let go of the college race. So let's look ahead at the team race. Way too early for next year. Let's figure it out, Bracky, right here on this show. Who's going to win all next year? The way I see it, uh, it's down to three or four teams already. You can figure it out. And I think there's a strong favorite, but um, I, yeah. I don't know if I'm on an island there or not. Penn State, they were loading up for this year, and now they're going to um, re- release the Kraken, as it were, and, and uh, <laughs> unleash all these freshmen and the two guys they redshirted. Ohio State, the champs, you got to respect them. They lose Logan, um, but they've, they've got some firepower return. Oklahoma State is a really sneaky team, um, I think, for next year. And uh, Iowa's going to be in the mix as well, potentially, mm-hmm. though they lose five starters. That's kind of crazy. So looking ahead, um, Bracky, give me some of your thoughts on the team race for 2016. Well, I remember after the uh, finals were over, you and I were driving back to the hotel, and you know we were kind of talking about that because uh, Logan Stever told me in his interview that he thought – Ohio State was going to be better next year than they were this year. Come on. And, yeah, we kind of thought that was a little crazy. And then we kind of started going down through their lineup, and I don't know if they'd be better, but they're still right there because, like you and I said, the obvious kind of favorite would be Penn State, you know, like you said, releasing all the red shirts um, that they had. But, I mean, if Ohio State's on, they could maybe make a run in March. Here's the thing. Here's, in my opinion, what they need to do. So um, this is coming from someone who has no experience in coaching. But the way I view it, I think they need to get Hunter back down to 141 Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that opens up room for – so then they roll out Tomasello, who's a champ, DeJulius, who's, you know, obviously good enough to play, though he's fallen short, uh, you know, the last two years or three years, I should say. And then you got Hunter, who we know if if these surgeries go right and he can get back to normal, he's probably the favorite to win 41. Uh, here's Zane, but Zane may move up. Um, then you've got Micah Jordan and Jake Ryan in some sort of order, 49-57 for those two. And then you got Bo, you got Mark Martin back, you got Kenny Quartz, Snyder, and probably Thomas Haynes. That is a really freaking solid lineup, and you've got guys yep. that are proven, uh, a mix of youth and proven guys that I think is going to be really dangerous. But when you look at Penn State, man, it's it's hard to pick against those guys and especially and not that Ohio State didn't just do it didn't just have their guys have a really nice NCAA tournament but there's such a track record with Penn State of um, peaking their guys and getting their guys to, to wrestle their best uh, when it matters the most and that's a, a even Morgan McIntosh getting third he loses to Connor Hartman but he beats Jaden like and that was like the one that I think didn't wrestle up to seed for them and we've been seeing it year after year after year and he never beat Jaden, correct? No, actually, uh, he'd wrestled him three times. I don't know if he scored an offensive point. Like he had yeah. maybe gotten a few escapes. Maybe one, I'm pretty sure he got ridden out in the both times in the first two times they mm-hmm. met. Like he was just physically controlled from every aspect. So he's getting. I mean, Morgan had a really nice tournament. I don't care what you say. If he loses to Morgan McIntosh or not, or loses to Hartman or not, it's and that th- was a crazy scramble too that either of them could have won. That uh, ended up deciding that Hartman match. No question. It's uh, I guess uh, front side Morgan McIntosh needs to avoid those ACC guys because it was Chris Penny, <laughs> yep. that put him down consolation last time, and now it was uh, it's Connor Hartman this time around. So don't sleep on the ACC. <laughs> ACC. Every team had an All American, I believe, this year. Um, pretty I, impressive. I love it. I love the ACC bracky. I talk about it a lot. I know you do. I know. I know. I don't. I, don't hold back about it. My affection for the <laughs> ACC. Um, so, anyways, Penn State, you got to figure, and this is kind of uh, the maybe the speculation on their lineup. I don't have any inside information here, um, but 
it sounds like they're going to do some bumping and shifting around. They're going to have Nico back, of course, at 25, mm -hmm. and Conway up to 33. Goulibon, 41. Zane, 49. Um, Jason Nolf, who is uh, – he's going to be – man, He him versus Imar, I can't wait to see it. There's going to be about a million points scored. Yes, yes. The over-under <laughs> is at 998,000 points. Um, that is going to be incredible. Um then probably either Corey Rashid or, or Garrett Hammond at 65. Then you got Nickel McCutcheon, who is coming on and come. I mean, he's got big wins, man. He he was uh I guess round of 12, but um he came on towards the end. Yeah. And uh, you gotta figure, you know, he was a freshman. He's gonna continue to improve just like they they typically do at Penn State. And uh, McCutcheon gonna be an All American contender and maybe even higher. Um, then you got McIntosh and Nick Neville's. It's like we're there's no, I mean sixty five gonna be the 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 weak weight there but um, Willie I know is super high on Corey Rashid um, so but you you gotta figure that's that's a really tough team when you consider how Penn State gets them ready so uh, I don't know about them but one thing one team that is super sneaky is Oklahoma State um, first of all speaking of teams that you know have great national tournaments and have been doing really well at NCAs. Um, what did you think about their performance this year? I mean, for the team they had, I thought I thought it was very impressive. What they have four All Americans, yeah, and that I mean, Austin Marsden didn't even All American, right? That's the, that's the crazy part. Um, really impressive performance. You know, Kamara gets it done in AAs after being round of twelve last year. Um, obviously, Deeringer, the champ. Um, Dean Heil exceeds right. expectations. Um, so they. For the, the young team that they had, I thought had a very impressive tournament. And like you said, they're kind of sneaky um, or kind of maybe set up for a run here next year. Yeah, they're going to be good. <laughs> and um, Crutchmer, man, he really put it together oh, at the end. Yeah, uh, he beats he beats Mike Evans. He should have beaten Logan Storley. I'm sorry. He like took him down to his back. There was there time, were... time on the clock. And, yeah. And they're like, nah. Two <laughs> really bad calls there. He had a, um, a blast double. He just blasted the story across the uh, the mat and should have gotten two back points. And the ref counted once and then just stopped. Yeah, just stopped counting. And, yeah, so I'm good. I'm good. With, <laughs> I'm good with a one count. <laughs> I don't think we should be scoring near fall off double eggs either. So let's no, just, let's just unapproved uh, move. Unapproved. Yeah, you can't score near fall off a double. <laughs> Come on, it's not. He's got a belly down and then you try to tilt him or something. That's exactly. The way, that's the proper sequence. So I applaud that official for not. <laughs> Um, given a near fall there, but yeah, Crutchmer and Heil, I mean, Crutchmer was fine for most of the year. I mean, he was like twelfth to fifteenth ish, and uh, you know, doing good. And he was someone I was really high coming into this year. And uh, Ben Askren actually picked on me. He's like, "Hey, what's wrong with your boy Crutchmer? You thought he's gonna be good? See, Ben, don't test me on this stuff. You can kind of had that turning point there in that uh, Penn State duel. He took Matt Brown to overtime, <laughs> and nearly, nearly won that. And thought he won. Yeah, he th yeah he definitely thought he wanted. He threw his headgear off and was flexing and everything. Oh, hey, oh. that was that was a that was a pretty funny moment. But yeah, it kind of I think even in defeat he was like, dang, I can go with anybody. Absolutely, um, and the crowd gave him a standing ovation. They like they knew it then. Yeah, that was that was huge for them. So he and and Dean Heil, man, he had a way up and down year. I mean, was he going to go thirty three? Um, yeah, I think he kind of always wanted to go forty one and. Uh, he kind of showed him he was the the best guy at forty one, and man, uh, he had it. He he was uh, sensational at NCAA. So what we're getting at is they're going to be pretty good next year. They've got Clamara back. Um, so what they're going to do with the lightweights, I I'm curious because they have two um, excellent uh, high schoolers coming in next year, and Cade Brock and Nick Piccinini. Got to yep. figure one of those guys is going to start uh, right away, either at twenty five or thirty three, depending on. Clamara, right? So, uh, you know, for me, I, I think you can't go wrong with either. But pitching, and, I mean, then you have Gary Wayne Harding there at thirty-three, who they pulled his red shirt this year. Yeah, and he uh, he did all right. You know, he did uh better than I thought he would. Honestly, right? He qualified. He won a won a couple matches, I think, at at NCA. So they're they're getting them they're getting them ready at Oklahoma State. So, anyways. 25-33 will probably be some combination of Clamara and Piccinini Brock or maybe even Harding. Uh, mm -hmm. And then 41, Heil will be back. I've heard 49 that uh, maybe Kalika will come back down. Yeah. And then Chance maybe 57. And then um, 
does Ringer stay or go? I feel like a few months ago the plan was going to be get Chandler Rogers in there at 65 and Ringer bumps up. Yeah. But I feel like when you have Kyle Crutchmer wrestling that well, you don't want to bump him up a weight um, where I don't know if he'll be as effective. Not that he's a small 74, but, you know, he's, he's squat and compact, and I think his power is a big part of his game. And, uh, right. you know, we've seen him at 84 one year. And uh, he he was fine. He was you know rankable, but he's not going to be what he was at seventy four. Seventy four, a weight that clears out. Um, yeah, isn't he the highest returning placer at seventy four? Yeah, he he is. He is. I mean, he could. I mean, uh, I don't think he will be ranked number <laughs> one. But man, it's like you know he's. If you're in that conversation, you're you're right there. I mean, there's guys like. Um, Zach Epperly, who probably, I mean, Zach Epperly had a better overall year, but he didn't yeah. outplace him. Um, Blaze Butler had a nice season, but Crutchmer got it done when it mattered, so he's going to pass him. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's potentially one or two next year. Now, uh, you know, Daringer just continues to look enormous at whatever weight he wrestles. So there's there's been questions for a while if he'll move up, and uh, I don't I don't know what the best call is, but think Oklahoma State's going to have some – hammers on the bench someone like ryan blees or someone like chandler rogers even maybe chance marsteller who knows i mean there's going to be some blue chip blue chip that guys that's that just crazy to think about that that kind of talent would just you know be sitting there you know it's it's crazy and i bet they wish in 97 is going to be a weight where they're still i think they're gonna they're gonna be struggling there but they got marsden yeah. back another year 84 uh, you know they had nolan boyd you know he wins a reno title but he can't follow it up um, with much after that, does someone move up? I don't know what the heck they're going to do at Oklahoma State. All I know is the last couple years, I, I can't uh, – I was maybe someone that was a doubter, um, mm-hmm. not not a hater, but someone that was like, well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Daringer, I was a little slow to the party there. What an idiot I am for that. And, uh, you know, Kindig, same thing. But, man, they just keep on getting it done at NCAAs and, and wrestling well. And – um they're, they're doing a great job at Oklahoma State. So a team with that kind of talent, with that coaching staff, um, you can't count them out either. And, you know, all we talked about was was the amazing team race this year, and I think next year is shaping up for another one. Um, Absolutely. Because I think there's a lot of talent now. It, it wouldn't be an episode of Flow Radio Live if we didn't talk about Iowa, though, right? Right, of course. So um, <clears throat> they lose quite a few. They lose Telford. They lose Evans. Um, they lose Brown, or excuse me, they lose Nick Moore, they lose Mike Kelly and uh, Josh Jeva. So they've got a lot of guys that are leaving, some All-Americans, some not. Um, they've got replacements there, you know. It, they're going to need some of these freshmen to be like a, have a Brandon Sorensen type season. they got Sam Stoll, the heavyweight. He's a, yeah. a well-heralded guy out of high school. Um, we'll see how he can do. Um, at 41, they've got Gross and Carton and um, Logan Ryan all there, but you know, some of those guys got in trouble uh, right before NCAA, so you don't know yeah, their not, status. That's not yeah, good. Go ahead, Bracky. Right uh, just saying that I think they're suspended indefinitely right now, so we don't even know their future kind of at the school. Yeah, yeah, that's – man, it's – uh, it, you hate to see kids that make dumb choices. And, oh, I want to talk to you about something because this is something I always hear and read. Like yeah. whenever Because um, – Wrestlers and college athletes in general, you know, just by the very nature of how many there are, you're going to they're going to end up in the police blotter. Right. Like that's going to happen. That happens. They, you know, they drink, they do stupid things. But one thing that's always bothered me and maybe I'm on I'm on an island here, but I I hate it was come on their kids. Come on. Where does that who says that they make dumb mistakes? I did stupid stuff just because you were an idiot in college. Um, doesn't mean I, I feel like people all too often like make excuses for these. I'm like, I'm not saying like throw the book at him. I'm saying, come on, th- this is not dumb kid stuff. Dumb kids don't, um, you know, dr- drinking and driving is not a dumb kids thing. Right. You know what not, I mean? Yeah. That's not just something that you do because you're young. Like that, that's something that you made the decision to do that. And you know, from the start that that's not right. Um, that's not just something that can be excused away by saying, oh, well, you know, they're they're college kids. They're 18, 19-year-old kids. No, that's not okay no matter how old you are. Yeah. I mean, last I checked, I mean, you can you can die for your country at 18 years old. I think we can expect 
you know, some maturity the other way and not, um, you know, go, oh, boys will be boys. Uh, I just think that is so, so dumb. And you see that a lot. Um, uh, I mean, especially on from the fans of the team, you know, because yeah. yeah. there's a there's a rooting interest there. But I think people need to kind of remove that that kind of thinking from their consciousness and quit excusing stupid behavior and and let's let's talk realistically about it and it's not acceptable and um i don't hope they get kicked out of school i don't wish that on them i don't want that to happen i don't want it but you know what they do need to they're gonna have to deal with the consequences of of being idiots i mean you're an idiot if you're robbing people's homes you're you're an idiot i will call you an idiot okay um anyways so that's the team race. Iowa is going to have is going to be in the mix, but man, they're going to need some young guys to really contribute. Um, and I don't know if it's there, but hey, they got Alex Meyer coming in. He had some nice wins this season. He beat Blaze Butler. He beat um, he beat Bronson and that crazy, crazy. What did you think about that pin call, man? That was a crazy one. What did you think about that? It was awfully quick. Um, after watching the replays, like in slow motion, I'm not even sure if the other shoulder was down. But, I mean, <clears throat> it was pretty close. Uh, and then that just started the craziness. The brands are out <laughs> on the mat. Um, I'm pretty sure they're calling the Illinois bench for stalling. Oh, my uh, goodness. And then I think Perry and Brands kind of exchanged words after the duel on that. But uh, that was <laughs> that was crazy. Just another crazy moment in Carver-Hawkeye. Yeah, we need to get the, that mic'd up next time. Next time, Iowa and Illinois. Because yeah. I, I get a feeling there's uh, – not a lot of love there between Perry and Brands. Yeah, that was a crazy one. But hey, it goes as a win on his record. That's gonna help Absolutely. him. That's gonna help him in the in in the preseason rankings for sure. That's a really nice win. And we already mentioned seventy four clears out, um, losing shoot. I mean, the champ. They lose Kokesh Brown, Evan Storley, Wilps, uh, Eblin's gone. I mean, that was like that's like, yeah. that was like the top six a lot of the year. So. It's yeah, that's, that's a wide open way unless Ringer moves up, um, anybody can win it. So, um, and that's good for Penn State as well as as they're gonna have freshman Bo Nickel, uh, in the yeah. mix. So, uh, there's a lot of turnover for next year. It's gonna look very different. I'm starting to work on my uh, end of the season rankings, which um, they'll they'll still have the seniors in it, but it'll be a great kind of window into the next season's uh, landscape and who's gonna be there and. Um, so we'll kind of see what, what it's going to look like afterwards when the seniors get plucked out in the fall. So that's the team race. Any other teams you see that maybe can sneak in there? Who, who am I missing? Because I just kind of jotted down this list. It's kind of uh, as it came into my head. What do you think? I, I think as, as far as real title contenders go, those are probably the four. I don't really see anyone else making a run. Um Minnesota loses too much. You know, you have the five seniors. Um and I don't I don't see Missouri being in that kind of tier with those guys again either. No, I I don't either. They lose a little too much there. Yeah. Um I I wonder if we're going to see many guys take Olympic redshirts. I've been thinking about that. Um haven't heard much about it. Of course you got to it's something you have to qualify for, so it's not an option until you Right. done the freestyle chops, but I wonder um you know, someone like Alex Daringer, um, geez. I, I mean, I know what 74 kilos is his weight, and that's, uh, you know, he's not going to win 74. But, man, I feel – do you feel like he could really, really compete with those guys? Because I really do. Absolutely. I 100% do. I mean, you you look at it, and, I mean, I, I think he can beat Tyler Caldwell. I yeah. think he can beat Ian Miller. Um, what I about mean, What about someone like Hal? That's that was gonna be the next one. <clears throat> I think he can. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think he. I think he could be right there with Hal. I think when you start entering the Taylor Dake Burroughs class, I, I think that's when he runs into some trouble. Yep. But he is uh, such a. He's so physical. He's so strong. He's such a good hand fighter. He's so good positionally that that really exactly. I think makes for a real seamless transition even to the senior level. I mean, we know he has freestyle chops. He's a junior silver medalist. Um, yep. I, I think he could step in and, and do a good job. Any others? So we both think Ringer could do real well. Anyone else you see that could? Um, I, I've heard maybe Nico. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah, Nico for sure could. Um, 
he's a contender at 57. I mean, think about how he lost to Ramos. He lost right. on on a a point that doesn't even exist anymore. Yep. He got that almost, almost takedown, yep. um, which who would have thought that would be a controversial rule and uh, be a little confusing. But anyways, that's um, and that's not to say he beats Tony, but I'm just saying. Right. He, he the only point that was scored was off of a rule that doesn't exist anymore, so, and he was our world team rep. That puts you in on that tier, and yep. um, you know he's been working pretty much all. I mean, he didn't wrestle one folk style match this year, so you got to figure he's had a, a strong um, freestyle focus. So maybe this is gonna maybe last year was kind of his um, uh, olymp quote unquote Olympic redshirt year because mm-hmm. he did some he did some freestyle wrestling. Um, he, he didn't compete in folk any, and cause I feel like even though he could, he could compete. I, I don't feel like they'll give, they'll, uh, they can let him take that Olympic redshirt. What do you think? I don't think that they would. Um, that's just kind of one I've heard rumored just cause of kind of where he is on the ladder. Yeah. And as, I mean, as you say, like as close as he is to the number one can number one guy, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think we'll see him take that. would be two years off of college wrestling. Um, I don't think we'll see that. Yeah, that's a that's a long time. Now, all right, here's another one. Nick Wisdowski. What do you think? Could he? Uh, I don't know, beat Tervel, but uh, could he wrestle with some of the other guys there? I mean, I feel like offensively, he's got as much offense as almost anyone at this level. I think he he beats Zach Ray. Oh um, yeah. Bradley uh, Bradley seems like a tough matchup for me for him at least. Um, kind of a bigger athletic guy. Um, we think it would be tough to get to his leg attacks there. Um, I kind of feel the same about Fortune as well, but maybe the more he wrestles these guys, um, the more comfortable he feels with them um, and getting to his offense. And I don't see him obviously beating Terrell either right now, but, I mean, he's absolutely right there. Yeah, I think I think he's uh, probably a second-tier guy at heavyweight for, for on the senior line. But I, I would like to see him um... – if nothing else, make a junior world team uh, mm-hmm. or something like. I feel like he could go so far there if he uh, if he put it on the line there in freestyle. I think I don't even know if he still could qualify for junior worlds. I don't know how. I, I never know these the age cutoffs and things. But maybe <laughs> university, whatever. I, I want to see him uh, do some international competition because watching him shoot, watching him finish. Um, you know, Adam Coop Coon is enormous and like a freestyle monster. Yeah. And he, he picked him apart. Adam was our, our junior world team rep. So um, he can blow through those big hips. I feel like his finishing is, is such that uh, I think he could maybe give guys like, well, shoot, he beat Don Bradley at uh, at the world team trials. Do you remember that match? I don't off the top of my head, Dude. no. Oh, it was crazy. Uh, let me know if I'm misremembering this. But, like, uh, Dom oh. and Quiz were wrestling and, like, Dom hit a wall, right? Like he was, yeah. he had, uh, I think he hadn't been uh, able to train or something. I talked with Dom about this match. Um, but anyways, he's winning big and just kind of, he hits the wall. Gwiz keeps coming. And Gwiz basically jumps over him yes, to, out of bounds to get the win. Yeah. Wow, I completely forgot about that until it just popped <clears throat> into my mind. So, yeah, I mean, shoot. Right there you have it. He's beating Dom Bradley. That says, yeah. that says it enough because Dom's a guy. One of the last uh, Americans, if not the last American, to beat Tervell. Like, yep. I think he is the last. So, uh, right there. Okay, we've just talked ourselves. Nick Wazdowski, <laughs> ready to contribute senior level. Anybody else you see? I guess Logan Stieber's kind of an obvious at 65 kilograms. But uh, apart maybe, from Logan. Maybe Jaden. Yeah. Yep, Jaden's a, a, a potential guy. He went to the World Team Trials. Duran Wynn, man, he made him look – he didn't make him look bad, but – he he picked Jaden apart at World yeah. So, um, I, but I think I think he's got a great freestyle future. Um, he's not coming into it with a ton of momentum. He didn't look um, particularly sharp at NCAAs com- no. compared to how we'd seen him wrestle. But yeah, Jaden's uh, a definite factor there for for freestyle. So that's that's why if the freestyle season's so cool. You get to kind of get some of these questions answered, and you get some win some matchups you wouldn't see. You're like Nick Wazdowski's Never, you know, he doesn't get to wrestle Dom Bradley ever again, but we get to see it yeah, now. Yeah, that's why I like to see the college guys matched up against uh, the senior level guys. It's yeah. fun. Always, always very fun there. So, okay, um, let's go. My uh, my college awards, we're going to stick with college here for a little bit longer. Not letting go, hanging on. Um, 
the my awards came out. Did you have any disagreements, thoughts with any of the awards that that we came up with for him, particularly maybe the coach of the year or showstopper? Because you know, wrestler of the year. I mean, uh, not many people are gonna argue with Logan. Right? No, you can't argue with that. No. But um, yeah, anything else? Coach of the year, I completely agree with Tom Ryan. The only one that uh, maybe come to mind is what Tim Flynn did at Edinburgh. It was extremely impressive. Um, kind of didn't have the best year to start. I, I think they lost that first duel to Pitt at home after they kind of had all this hype about him. And, yeah. um, and you know, they kind of struggled throughout the year. And then at NCAAs, you know, they peak and Shop comes back and get third. Habit and Port in the finals. Vic Avery takes third. Wow. Um, and they take third as a team. Super impressive. So maybe that was the only one that uh, really could have gone any other way. But Tom Ryan, obviously the adversity they overcame was greater. Yeah. Uh, Trem- oh man. Both, both teams, different kinds, but, but a lot of adversity. I mean, I, I will admit I buried Edinburgh after EWL. I'm like shop loses yeah. to Ronnie Perry. Habit loses to Claygon. Um, yep. and you know, port's going to, even if port, you know, port can't win. So it's like, come on, we, this, uh, they had a nice team, but it's, it's not going to happen. They maybe won't even be in the top 10. And man, if they didn't just absolutely uh, meet and exceed expectations, they especially crushed my expectations, which were not particularly high um, coming into that. So uh, I I just came away so incredibly impressed. And another thing I thought about: what if Austin Matthews doesn't go down um, with an injury um, yeah. halfway through the year? I mean, he was a guy when before we had to take him out. I think we had him like. 11th or 12th and this was a weight 157 where you know Mitch Minotti placed and, and you, you saw some guys that had like so-so kind of years um, get high rankings and, and finish pretty high and I I feel like uh, Matthews is super good and one of those guys that could have um, shoot he was 10th when he came out 10th. yeah and they could have potentially pushed Iowa for a runner-up with just those oh. basically five guys they absolutely could have because they weren't that far behind. And you would think Matthews would have at least been around a 12 guy and probably an All-American. Yeah, I, I honestly think he's better than a handful of the guys that, that wound up placed at 157. So um, they definitely, definitely, definitely um, could have been second, which is crazy because, like, last year was like, wow. Uh, it was the year when Tim Flynn – I mean, everyone talks about how great Tim Flynn is, but last year was, like, Tim Flynn appreciation year. And then <laughs> – um, so they had some momentum coming this year, and then he outdoes himself, and and I'm not sure. Uh, I thought we would see that once once uh, once Austin Matthews was out. So great job by him. I feel like I would like to see this be like almost two awards. So like you have like the heavy hitter coach of the mm-hmm. year, and then the one like the culture changing coach of the year. The one that's like, you know, maybe they don't even get all American. You know, someone like like Willie and I talked about Tony Ersland all year, like. Yeah. The job he's done at Purdue and just seeing life in a program and, and maybe even West Virginia or um, Arizona State. You just see um, – you can see a complete directional change, though it's like they haven't gone far in the ocean. I like that culture change, maybe a culture change award. Yeah, because I feel like it's, it's so – it's like almost two different jobs, right? It's like, okay, getting the best wrestlers in the country to wrestle, wrestle their best, and then there's like we need to get guys that fight. And that wrestle right. hard, and I, I feel like both um, should be lauded and should be kind of recognized, and and it doesn't really happen. But you know, guys like Coach Henson, uh, Coach Jones, Coach Erslin, they'll have their due if if uh, they continue and continue to build on on what they've got going. Oh, but absolutely. I, there's nothing that excites me more than seeing programs that just don't have a pulse come back to life and start going the right direction. And we saw that this year. And um, Wonder if we're gonna see any coaching changes this I mean, of course we will see coaching changes. It's it's a matter of um when, not if, but um it's hard to imagine us having as a as dramatic uh a coaching season change as, as we did um a year ago. Right, there were a lot of changes. Tons, tons and tons. So uh we'll see we'll see what happens there. Um but yeah, those were my takes. Showstopper award. Um, which was basically, and I didn't really explain it in the article, probably bad job by me, but it's just basically the guy, the, the most exciting wrestler of the year, the guy who, when he's on the mat, 
you can't look away. And for me, um, despite the way his, his career and season ended, I, I felt like that belonged to Dylan Ness. What did you think? Oh, I 100% agree. Um, each time he stepped on the mat, you didn't know what he was going to do. I mean, he could go out there and hit a single leg with this really nice crisp finish, and then uh, next thing you know, be rolling across his back, giving up back points before he pins the guy. Yeah. Um, so you, you never knew what you were going to get. And then, obviously, it was so sad to see uh, his career end like that in the semis, you know, with that injury default. And then maybe the maybe second most memorable moment to me of the tournament is when he got that standing ovation. He just kind of came out on the mat and, you yeah. know, shook hands with Brissetta. And then I, he was just kind of waving to the Minnesota crowd, and they were giving him a standing ovation. And then everyone else just joined in. And, like, I got cold chills, I remember yeah, I'm. Like, I'm it getting, was amazing. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. It was such a, um, it was a nice moment for for him to have, and it was. It just kind of says, this this is what fans like. Fans yeah. fans like guys that, and they don't have to be Dylan Ness crazy, but fans across the board, wrestling fans are smart, uh, for the most part, and they they know what's good and what's good for the sport and its action and its risk takers and. Um, Dylan Ness fit that mold, and and he got mm-hmm. the the appreciation I I feel like he deserved um, that Saturday morning. Um, so that was definitely a cool moment. A lot of uh, <clears throat> seniors going out uh, unceremoniously. Delgado and Kendig and him, and I'm sure there's others I forgot. But um, which you just I I hated to see that. It, you could just see the look on like Kendig's face that he just didn't have it, and it was so sad to see. And then Delgado. <laughs> hurting another part of his body. Um, like, you can just see he just gave it all for, you know, this sport. And just to see it in, like, that's really sad. Yeah, I hope um, – <clears throat> man, I can't imagine what Dylan Ness would be like wrestling freestyle. But uh, hopefully these guys do make their way into the freestyle circuit once they heal their bodies. Kindig, an excellent freestyler. And, and Delgado may have – I mean, everyone gets so hung up on, on the fact that Jesse passes legs a lot that he wouldn't yeah. be a good freestyler. But I think that's – I think he could be excellent at freestyle. I mean, the way he moves, the way he can get the legs and finish um, out the back door, I think he could. I think he could be one hundred percent. And just his competitive nature, it's like kind of not really this. It's kind of this. Um, he's a gamer. Yeah, not measurable thing. He is man. He's a guy that uh, he's just got the right kind of mindset about him. That yep. you know, he really believes. I mean, I I firmly believe he thought he was gonna win. Uh, coming into NCAs this year, he probably really thought he was, and I know 100% he was. I did an interview with Mark Perry the day before the tournament started, and as soon as I was done with the interview, I believed Jesse Delgado was going to win again. Wow! <laughs> I, like he, and that probably comes from the mindset. Probably comes from Perry, you know, because Perry 100% believed it too. You can tell just by the way he was talking and in his eyes, and he just makes. He's just Perry's just a great leader, and I think you saw that with Imar and a lot of. I mean, Illinois qualified ten guys. That's crazy. Um. So yeah, they're a good thing going there. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's just. Uh, and you wonder a, a competitor, what are they thinking, man? You really you build your mind and you build your world around winning. I wonder what it's like in the moments when you realize it's over. Like what? Would they, I mean, I've never been a high level competitor to know, uh, anything like that. So I just wonder. Do they keep good perspective? Are they able to take it all in stride? Because it seems like they do, but um, they build their entire worlds around winning titles. And when it doesn't ha- happen, it's got to be got to be tough for them. Crushing, so crushing. Um, let's get to this. Um, so w- one thing I was watching, and I watched it before NCAs, and I watched it after. There's this video that the NCAA put out of. Um, like these pins that that happened in the finals. Yeah, and uh, it was it was a really cool video, man. It was like because the only because uh, the Rob Roan Josh Lambrecht video, the only one I've seen was on YouTube. It was grainy. It was like you could barely see it. And they the NCAA had this nice like HD version of yeah. it. So it was yeah. like I was watching. It, I was like, oh, this is cool. But like um, one thing that that I think bothers a lot of wrestling fans, and, and it doesn't bother me, uh, is the post loss like sprint off. Like, you shake the guy's hand, and then, boom, you get the heck out of Dodge. And a lot of people don't like that. And and for the longest, I never really – I couldn't understand why. I'm like, what? He shook his hand. He's getting the heck out of there. He doesn't want to be around anyone. Who cares? But then I'm watching this video, and uh, I forget who it was.
with the guy had just lost. And he's like shaking. He shakes the dude's hands. He's like looking at him. And the guy gets his hand raised, and the guy's like just watching him. Like, <laughs> like he's like, all right, this is a part of it. I've got to like, uh, I have to endure this. And he didn't even look like incredibly pain. And so I feel like it's this change that maybe has gone on um, maybe throughout the years that mm-hmm. that that now it's bothering people because they've seen the guys kind of take it. And now um, as soon as they lose, they, they slap the hands and they sprint out of it. So what do, what do you think about all that? I I don't have a problem with it either. You just lost. And as we were just talking, it crushed your dreams and everything that you've been working for for however many years. Most of these guys – probably more than likely more than 10 years that's been their goal it's been what they've been working towards and I don't blame them for not wanting to be in that arena while maybe you know Iowa's fans go crazy or Oklahoma State's fans go crazy or Penn State's fans go crazy I don't want to I don't blame them for not wanting to be around that or hear that and just wanting to get out of that and just be on their own away from everybody with their coaches um as long as they shake the guy's hand and aren't like, you know, unsportsmanlike about it or anything like that. I don't see what the big deal is about them just running off to kind of be on their own. Yeah, I've never under I've never understood why well, in what sport do you have to stand there and watch your opponent celebrate and celebrate and celebrate and, and be happy? It's like I get it. Now you don't want to go to the extreme. Ryan Taylor, Wisconsin, yeah. <laughs> he took it to the next level when the match ended and he <laughs> He's got out there. He was running on the competition mats while he, other guys are wrestling. Barry right. Davis had to like physically grab him and bring him back to the mat. That's not a good look. So we're not saying we're not cool with that. Uh, but we think there's a, a you know a level which which it's okay. But that and was I'm that not, was crazy. That he just ran across a mat that like wrestling was still going on. Like another another quarterfinal mat. Like I think it was the Dardanes and uh, I forget Dardanes wrestling somebody. somebody. In the and he like was like a foot or two away from them like wrestling like just ran right through them, um, and it was funny. You were doing the commentary for that match, and you were like, "And Ryan Taylor's nowhere to be found." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was gone. Like, uh, cause I think I was, I was watching. Um, it was who beat him? Gulaban. Yeah, yeah. So Gulaban beats him, and I think I was kind of watching him, cause like I was zoomed in, cause we were like where we were commentating from was like. We could feel the gravitational pull from the moon. Like we were way high up there. So I was zoomed in and like zoomed in tight on Jimmy and just kind of watching what he was doing. And then like, I kind of look up and it's like, Whoa, where's Ryan Taylor. And I kind of look up and there he goes across. So, uh, Jimmy kind of had to wait there and hang out for the wait for the wait for the handshake. So that's not the good look. That's not what we're saying. But if you're out there and you think, you don't like to sprint off after a guy loses and shake hands. Let us know why. Help us understand what it is about it that is, I don't know, bad sportsmanship, bad for the sport, whatever, whatever's bad about it. Um, let, that, let, it let us know. It's a little different, like at Big Tens. This this was the only example of this I saw at Big Tens is uh, Gilman ran off the awards podium, um, and I mean, I don't know if it was premature or what, but. I mean, he got his award. He was up there for probably 30 seconds or so, and, you know, people are all kinds of people are taking pictures. He was up there long enough for them to get a picture. Was everyone, because he got second, was everyone on the podium, or did he, like, get his and maybe not everyone <clears throat> standing up? No, there? everyone was on the podium, got their award, and uh, even Thomas Sella got his award, and uh, they were just kind of taking pictures, and then he jumped down and ran off, and it was at Ohio State, so everyone booed him. Um <laughs> But I mean, he got his award. He was there to take pictures. He was in his full warm up. Um, <clears throat> I mean, how long you got to stand there? Exactly. Oh, That's what I'm saying. Someone's like, got to get off first, and by golly, it's yeah. probably gonna be Thomas Gilman if he's not not in first <laughs> place. So that's not really a, a shocker, and I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a huge deal either. So, um, whatever on the sprint off, we don't care. But um, you know, Bracky and I are maybe. Maybe on an island there, maybe no one else cares. Apparently, the wrestlers don't care because uh, a pretty large percentage of them do it. I remember the first time I saw it was at the state tournament, and it did kind of like jar me. I was like, "Whoa, what's this kid doing?" It's like yeah. he's sprinting out of there. It was it was a Christiansburg kid, and like Christiansburg's like the dynasty. They've won like thirteen or fourteen straight. Yep. And I was like, "Whoa, where's this kid going?" Like he just sprinted out of there. And then I thought about, it. I was like, "I guess I get it, man. These guys are just obsessed." So. 
Anyways, we're both on team sprint off. Um, but let us. <laughs> you see, you see, winners do it all the time too. Yeah, that's true. What's the difference? Right. Oh yeah, they sprint off like um. Okay, you you were a g- actually a good wrestler, Bracky. So maybe I can ask you like um, getting a, a I don't know what do you do after you work out. A lot of these guys they get sprints. Do they drill yeah, a little more? Yeah. What are you doing? A lot of them go do a cool down right away, and that, and that's what their coaches want them to do. You see guys doing dual meets all the time right behind the bench, run ten wind sprints, um, before you even put your clothes on. Um, so a lot of them are going to go do that, and there's this really cool video we have on the site. It's of uh, Matt McDonough after he won his first national title. Oh, yeah. Just doing sprints. And the security guard, <laughs> I don't know who's filming. I think it might be Bader. The security guard looks at him and goes, didn't he win? <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I'm sure for, like, an outside fan, it would be a very jarring moment to, to see that and be like, wait, he won. He's done wrestling. The season's over. Someone tell me. But the season's, for most of these guys, it's never over. So. And uh, uh, probably a lot of these guys, too, they have a sweat going from their match. And, you know, that's probably their last match of the day. And they need to make weight the next day. They want They want to keep that sweat going. And uh, probably lose some more weight. So that's probably another reason, too, you see that. So they don't cool down completely. They might go right back and put sweats on and start running right away. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely <laughs> makes sense. So um, winners, losers, sprint off after you shake hands, and uh, that's okay. That's okay with us. So we had uh, this weekend the Yasser Dogu uh, mm-hmm. went down. This was where uh, a year ago, isn't this where um, where Burroughs lost to Marable? Is that right? I, think I, was uh, I thought that was like somewhere in Cuba. Or... Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I forget something big happened at Yasser Dogu last year, but it wasn't this. But did anyways, it, did Dake beat Sargus here last yes, year? Yes, I think that's it. I th- well, I don't know. I'm not even with a say broken it. hand. Yeah, he broke his hand. He beat Dake. Man, I can't wait to watch Kyle Dake compete again. Personally, I know. We'll, we'll kind of get to that. Um, so David Taylor. Um, we sent a ton of hammers. Like we sent yeah. a lot of good guys. Coleman Scott was there. Taylor, Oliver, Keith Gavin, Jimmy Kennedy, uh, on and on and on. There's studs I'm not naming. Joe Cologne. Um, so we sent a lot of pretty good guys there. We came home with a little bit of hardware, but as you can expect, Russia spent sent like their um, sent most of their A team. They didn't mm-hmm. send, send Sajulayev. I have to figure he's somewhere eating. You know. Like lion cubs or something. <laughs> I don't know. But he didn't make the trip. But pretty much all the Russians, you know, Lebedev was there, Gadisov, I think Gatsalov was there. Uh, so they sent a lot of good guys. So you can figure we're not going to come home with a ton of hardware because we are squarely behind um, that, that country. And Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Hopefully that will change soon. But uh, Taylor loses to Sargush and, and yep. Sabalov. His first competition back. And I feel like I forgot that. Like, he hasn't wrestled since World Team Trials. I mean, that was in yeah. freaking June. So, I, I didn't know if you got to catch any of it or what your kind of thoughts were on the results. Um, I didn't get to catch any of it live, but I, I scoured the results. And, um, you know, I, I I heard from someone, I can't remember who. I, I'm pretty sure after their World Team Trials, DT took some time off, too, like away from the mat. Um, so, like you said, this is the first time – back you know kind of out on the mat and i believe i read a couple places there were two like kind of crazy scrambles there with sargush oh yes and that kind of decided the match um great scramble i mean uh same with sabalov um who was also a world champion so he only lost to world champions so let's keep what he does uh let's keep a little perspective but they had a um he had great scrambles those he was getting the legs on all those guys but it's just there's just another level um to beat those guys and and you chalk up yeah. a little to David hasn't wrestled that many guys mm-hmm. that are this good and I don't care how many tough Americans you wrestle it's it's just different and I don't know anything about it but I just know that these guys are giving you a, a very different feel and it's not just that they're better it's it's they're different and they're gonna give you feels that that you just haven't experienced so I think there's right. a it's there's, not that American feel that yeah used to there's a tremendous lear- learning curve there for for David, uh, you got to figure, um, combine that with the fact that he's been um, off the mat for so long. So mm-hmm. it, it's it, at face value, you think, oh, this is this is not good for David Taylor. And then you think about it a little bit, kind of no big deal. I thought, I mean, the r- matches he won, he completely smashed dudes. 
Like he, yeah. he was crushing guys. So and it was quick. Yeah, he he looked. I thought he looked pretty good. I didn't think he looked tentative. I mm-hmm. I just think he got beat by guys that are a lot better right now. But I want to touch on Coleman Scott real quick too because he had Lebedev on the ropes. Yeah, he was up seven like zero and lost seven zero early, like first round. I think he had him first round, and then Lebedev came back and tied it at seven, and then Coleman tried a big move, uh, the throw, and it ended up being eleven seven. But I mean, that's impressive from Coleman Scott. Yeah, I, I don't know if he would agree. Um, oh yeah. But yeah. um, man, uh, what you call him, Lebedev has always been one of my favorites to watch. But that's that says a lot about Coleman, who, um, you know, he's he's in the midst of coaching, and I, you know, I've said a couple times, man, it's it's got to be hard because he is so. Um, there, there's a there's assistant coaches that are kind of there to train, and um, you know, like Jordan Oliver, he's like he's like an assistant coach at Arizona State, right? But you know, he's yeah. like he's focused more on training than yeah. you know, he's not he doesn't go to every match and stuff like that. Like Coleman Scott is a coach, coach, coach. Like he is coaching these guys. Right. Um, so I, I was always like, man, this that's got to be hard to focus on your guys and try to get yourself. A, but man, I, I feel like he's our guy at sixty one with Kennedy moving up, and I know Humphrey will probably maybe come down to sixty one. I don't know, but I feel like Coleman Scott's the the guy, and uh, always been someone I like to watch, and it, and it's becoming very apparent to me that he is, um. He's able to manage both training and coaching fairly well, even though I think that was his only match because um, he lost, and I don't, I don't guess he got pulled back. I'm not sure. But um, he, he was right there. He's up 7-0, and that and ended up itself. It was a questionable passivity call that tied the match, too. Oh, wow. Well, but, that, that doesn't surprise me a bit. I need to. I, right. I got up early this morning and tried to find it. Um, it doesn't look like it's been archived. I could go back potentially and watch it on the – three-hour stream but i don't even know what mad it was on so that could be a nine-hour commitment um that i can't really make it right now so but anyways i want to watch that match if anyone comes across the any of the individual matches from yasudogu please um feel free to send those to to me at c piles eight and we can watch them especially coleman scott victor lebedev um Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i i think the 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 world team spots are gonna be fun to watch Jordan Oliver, we mentioned him before, up at seventy again. I this tournament was plus two kilos. I, I'm beginning to wonder. Is I mean he's missed weight and um, is sixty five. Has he outgrown sixty five kilos? Maybe. You got to think if this is plus two kilos that it was planned for him to go to seventy. Well, um, but or... he was listed in the um, <clears throat> the release from USA Wrestling at sixty five. So. Uh... Then maybe not. I, I know I was at Bill Bill Farrell and he missed weight there and went up to seventy, and uh, had that controversial loss to Adam Hall, um, but other than that looked good and, and maybe he is too big for sixty five now. Yeah, uh, you you start to wonder. I mean, at first you know he missed weight uh, in the twenty twelve Olympic trials and went up yep. to sixty six, and now he's he's missing <clears throat> weight at, at sixty five and maybe he's going to go up to seventy. I don't know what his plans are, are going to be, but um, you're, you're starting to feel like more and more maybe that, that 65 is not going to be the way for him. you got to figure on the Olympic year, though. He's <clears> not going to go up to 74. He's going to – It would be crazy to go up to 74. I mean, and he'd, be a, he'd get smashed. I mean, he's just not big enough. And the, right. Also, Jordan Burroughs, Kyle Day, David Taylor are, are there. So uh, something to, to watch. Um, yeah, how that's <laughs> – we are so good at that weight. It's great. It's scary. <laughs> How darn near should have won the Uregan. I, I I think he was it, was it was either the finals or the bronze match. He got completely hosed. I don't want to talk about it. Was it was the finals. It yes, was come on. Ridiculous. Because he grabbed the toe. Give me. Uh, yeah. It's not episode of Flow Radio Live if I don't complain about officiating. Um, <laughs> but anyways, we're so good at that weight. We're so good. <clears throat> Tyler Caldwell's a university world champion, and he's like in many ways an afterthought, which is yep. kind of scary. Joe Cologne beats Dukov. Dukov, not you know, he's not like a world champion, but he's a guy that's been in the freestyle scene for a long time. Um, just super, super solid guy. And Cologne beats him, and in what was a great match. Like he, yeah. Cologne needed to score late. He got a late kind of. Just Joe Cologne is such a physical force. He's so strong. He's so good with those underhooks and like kind of imposing his 
physical will. I, I'm wondering if he might be the guy at 57 for, for, for the United States. What do you think about Joe Colon's shot? I love Joe Colon, and I said this when I was at Bill Farrell and was it was you know all freestyle. I was there with Bader, and I told Bader this. I absolutely think he's our guy at 57. Um, he wrestles just he's mean, like yeah. he goes out there and like you said imposes his will. He's throwing in those underhooks. He was super super impressive. And uh, <clears throat> I think he wants Tony Ramos bad. Um, yeah. After what happened at the NCAA tournament, you know, him getting beat by um, Graf. Graf, and then not getting a shot at uh, Ramos again after he just big brothered him in the Midlands finals. Um, he wants him bad. And he, I, I think it's his spot, the way he's wrestling right now. He's so offensive. Um, and Ramos, we haven't seen be that offensive in, in freestyle. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, Ramos, the, the adjustments he'll, uh, that was a match. I really wanted to see a rematch of the, the Cologne Ramos. Cause man, yeah. like you said, big brother. I mean, just looked a lot bigger, stronger, uh, everything you can do, everything you describe. He just looked better, but it was a one match sample. If, it, if we learned about Tony Ramos, one of the great, um, I don't know if the word strategizer, but he's a good match manager. He's good at executing mm-hmm. a game plan, figure things out. And um, he especially was, after he wrestled you once, he makes good adjustments. Yeah, no question. Um, so I think he's, but one guy you can't forget about someone who pinned Joe Cologne last year at freestyle, Matt McDonough. And he's yeah. down at 57 now. And yeah. I feel like he might be a little bit too on the periphery of the discussion here. For, for 57, and I think mm-hmm. he should be right there um, in the mix, and I think he might be – maybe he's the favorite because he's beaten Cologne. He's, and that's – man, talk, I mean, this has been a match people wondered about for so long, the McDonough-Ramos match. Right, I was just getting ready to say it. We've never seen it. Never seen it, but it's always was one of those things like um, when McDonough was at 25, it's like, is he going to mm-hmm. go up at 33 ever? Yeah. Because – Ramos was quote unquote so small for thirty three, and Ray mm-hmm. McDonough was of course very big at twenty five. Would they ever switch weights? Anything like that? It never happened. And um, towards the end, well, of course McDonough wasn't McDonough his senior year, but um, it, it was always assumed McDonough was like just the better guy because his accolades were better. Um, but even the his junior year, um, it, it was maybe questionable if he could beat Tony Ramos. And now yeah. uh, I wonder those two. You know, I don't know how much they even work out together or train together, even though they're both Hawkeye wrestling clubs. I wonder, you know, th- those are probably maybe the two best guys, uh, you know, maybe clones in the mix, Nico, but uh, those could be the two best guys, and they're both training in the same room. Absolutely. Who would you favor in that match? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Ramos, but I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Um, That's tough for me. I think, um, shoot, I have no freaking clue, dude. I don't even know why I said Ramos. I just did. I just did. I don't know. I have no idea who would win that match. Someone, someone in the Iowa room, just tell me. Just, yeah, just, just so I know. know who wins that match. Do they ever even wrestle? Maybe they train every day, but I've heard they don't. They don't. They don't wrestle too often. That's just mm. what I've been told. So. That's what I know. Nothing. I know nothing. I don't know who's going to win 57. I know Cologne can. I know Ramos. I know McDonough. Maybe Nico. Um, who are we forgetting? Nick what Simmons. About what about Hayes Winkler? Can he? Um, I don't think so. I mean, can, can you really say an Olympian can't? No. I mean, you right. can't say he can't. But I just – I think he's just been – it's passed him by a little bit. I don't know if he's got the, the offense to beat these dudes. Uh Sam Hayeswinkle is just awesome, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like Ramos really put some distance between them, and we know that there's some guys that are on. I, I felt like Ramos was substantially better than Hayes, and I feel like there's a mm-hmm. lot of people that are on Ramos's level. So, ipso facto, um, those guys are better than Hayes. Maybe that's right. flawed logic, but that's just that's how I view it. So, no, I don't think so. I, I think Cologne and, and McDonough and Nico would all beat Hayes right now. And it was a long time. It was the Simmons, Escobedo, Hayeswinkle. That was right. like that was like the group. And now, are we starting to see those guys phased out? Because Cologne beats Cologne beat Esco first round, right? Five zero. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, 
that's a that's a very dominant performance. So maybe that that phase of and 57... Escobedo is another one of those guys that's an assistant coach and training. So it's yeah, got to be hard. It's got to be tough. It's got to be tough when you've got to when you're trying to juggle. Oh, I want to be a world champion, but oh, I have to help these kids reach their goals as well. And yeah, there's some overlap there, but still at the same time, um, you got to figure your career, which is coaching, um, is taking precedent there. So. Um, we are rapidly running out of time. Um, Bracky, I really appreciate you coming on and doing this with me. No problem. Felt Loved like it. this, this uh, was good discussion. And I do not know when we're going to do this again. Willie is traveling tomorrow. We'll probably try to get it Wednesday because um, on Thursday, you and I, Bracky, we're going to be headed to Folk Nationals. Turn yep. up. Out in Iowa. Yes, we will be there. Um the rest of the gang's headed to Flow Nationals, so we're going to be busy traveling. We'll make sure you know um, before we go live again. We'll make sure you have plenty of advance notice, and if you do happen to miss it, remember you can always download. Uh, you can catch the archive later. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, five-star ratings only, and uh, <laughs> we thank you guys for tuning in. For Kyle Bracky, Christian Files, thanks a lot, guys.